You are listening to the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. This is Drive Time with Travis Wingfield. Back to throw Tua, looking. Flips it down the wide open! <laughs> Touchdown, Tyreek Hill! Unbelievable! Just flew by him for a second time. Tua knew where he was going right away. How the hit is that, little man? I really hope you soon jump on his bandwagon. Waddle, waddle. To a shotgun, back to throw, looking, steps up, fires, touchdown. Okay. Okay. It's Waddle. His sixth touchdown Six pass touchdown of the day. Drive time with Travis Wingfield begins now. Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. What is up, golf fans, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast. Part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield. And on today's show, we continue the 2022 season review series by stopping by the interior lineman room. Dominant play from these guys all year long. We'll break it down, plus get you ready for the senior bowl by giving you the names I've circled on my roster flip card heading into the week of practices. From the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex, this is the Drive Time That's another Miami Dolphins. Done are the quarterbacks, running backs, edge, defensive backs, and specialist groups. We still have the receivers, tight ends, offensive line, interior defensive line, and inside linebackers to get to. Let's go ahead and choose the defensive tackles. On today's podcast, one of the more productive position groups we had all season long, arguably the biggest strength of the team, but either way you slice it, it was a big strength. There is a big strength heading into this offseason. We saw a record-setting performance. We saw two guys play snap counts that ought to be commended, and then some. We saw guys play multiple spots and showcase their versatility. We saw more batted passes, run stuffs, and we saw Coach Austin Clark's guys get after it all year long. Let's start with the group as a whole, the interior defensive line group, defensive tackles, their accomplishments and rankings, whatever you want to call it. 103 rushing yards per game against Miami this year was the fourth fewest in the National Football League, and that came at a 4.1 yards per clip, which was also tied for fourth lowest allowed in the NFL. As a group, they produced 94 quarterback pressures. 22 quarterback hits and had eight sacks among them, seven of those among Christian and Zach. Uh, The ball production, four forced fumbles, one recovered, and 10 batted passes. And you'll learn again, that's pretty much all from 92 and 94. And no duo of defensive tackles had more run stops than the 102 shared between Christian Wilkins and Zach Sealer. In fact, no defensive lineman had uh, a combination had more than that. The Dolphins have been really fortunate, and that's probably the wrong word to use there because they built it this way intentionally, but they have gotten good, consistent production at the position for a few years now. And it really starts with those two guys, Wilkins and Sealer. Both are super strong players, scheme diverse, position flexible. And we saw them really maximize all of that this year by playing 1,022 snaps on defense and 944 snaps respectively on defense. That includes the postseason. That's just 34 snaps shy combined of 2,000. You're not supposed to play 1,000 snaps at defensive tackle. You're just not. Nobody was really close to that number in terms of a defensive tackle tandem in the NFL. These dudes are a rare, rare breed. Zach Sealer under contract for 2023. The team exercised the fifth-year option on Christian Wilkins, so so is he. And we heard Chris Greer talk about the priority that is getting a long-term deal worked out with Christian at the end-of-the-year press conference. He talked about his work ethic. 
the personality, the production, told that story about Christian working out in the dark on the practice field the week of the playoff game and, you know, Mike and Chris having a meeting and not knowing he's out there and they kind of turn the lights on and said, oh, there's Christian Wilkins getting in a 6.30 p.m. workout. Maybe it was a.m. He didn't he didn't specify, but it's dark at either time. So they both work and they're both impressive. And it's not in the least bit surprising because him and Zach, you know, they have that budding relationship and it serves to kind of challenge each other. I think Zach has mentioned this before, too. But with Christian, you know, really went in depth this season telling us about his regimen and how process oriented he is with his workouts, his diet, literally everything he does is geared towards maximizing his skills. Like the dude will go out to di- will go out to food to food to eat to dinner. What did I try to say? He'll go get food and like not eat because he already, you know, had his pre-portioned meal taken care of. Like he is that on top of it. I had a friend who was like that back in Washington state who was just all about fitness and would never eat when we went out together. A little bit annoying, but I understand it in Christian's case. And it's certainly paying off for him with all the production he's given us <laughs> at defensive tackle. We heard his coaches talk about him that way. I think it pretty clearly shows up on the tape, but back to the versatility. The nice thing about these guys is I believe they can play the three and the one tech which are your alignments in even fronts most of the time. So if we get a shift towards that type of defensive front, they fit. And that's what's nice about having these two guys here in your fronts is, and really with Chubb and and Phillips off the edge as well, you're pretty flexible that you can play whatever kind of front you want, which means you can be, you know, a hybrid defense, which is what the coordinator we're hoping to get, uh, what he brings. So both guys can play the five, the four eye, the three eye, and we mentioned the three and the one and the two tech in the instance you want to go in a bare front and head up over the guards. Like they can do all of that. And those are typically the three down fronts, your odd fronts, and they've proven their ability to play at a high, high level at all of those spots. So it really maximizes your flexibility as a coach with your fronts. They can execute rush games. They have some of the best eye discipline in the league for my money with their rush lane integrity and keeping their eyes in the quarterback. They can play downhill in one gap if you ask them to. I just can't say enough about Christian Wilkins and Zach Sealer. I talk about them separately from Raekwon Davis and John Jenkins because production's different, but so is their usage. I mentioned the ability to play the one tech for both. You know, Raekwon and Jenkins can do that as well, but they are more of your nose tackle or your zero technique in those odd fronts, something we saw all year long. Jenkins, a grizzled vet who just kind of knows some of the tricks of the trade to score the wins that he does get and, uh, you know, a good backup role player that he was at that nose tackle position. And then Raekwon Davis has one of the most thankless jobs in all of football, stacking up blocks and, and trying to get, you know, minimal opportunities to make plays, but he does a good job of holding the point most of the times. I just would like to see a little more playmaking at that position. I think we saw improvements from the pass rush, uh, the entire group that was beneficial. And I think it's reason to expect it to keep trending in that direction with what Miami has built off the edge this year as well, because you can create plenty of one-on-one situations inside. Um, But I do think if you have one area to point at, more pass rush from this group. Let's go in order of jersey number. Number 77, John Jenkins had 20 total tackles, none for a loss. He made eight run stops, had 10 pressures, 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 one quarterback hit, no sacks, and no ball production. I thought there, I I felt like when you plugged the tape in, when you didn't have the main three guys up front, you kind of lost a little bit. That's what I have to say about that. Number 92, Zach Sealer had 70 combined tackles, seven for loss, and made 44 run stops. What a year. 36 quarterback pressures, 12 hits, was second on the team. He also had three and a half sacks with two forced fumbles and four batted passes. He filled up the stat sheet. He played a bunch of snaps. He was reliable, dependable. Him and this next guy are why you were fourth this year 
in rush defense. Christian Wilkins, 98 combined tackles, the most by a defensive tackle since at least 1991, or a defensive lineman, I should say. Uh, 16 tackles for loss was second among all defensive tackles behind only Chris Jones. His 58 run stops led all defensive tackles. Those are running downs where you get a, a defensive win. You uh, limit the opposing ball carrier to reducing the first down yardage to gain by 40%, second down by 60%, and third down by conversion or not. He had that done 58 times. He had 33 quarterback pressures. He had seven quarterback hits and three and a half sacks this past season. Also forced two fumbles of his own, recovered one, and had six batted passes. So it was all Wilkins and Sealer filling up the stat mm-hmm. sheet for Raekwon Davis. Again, not many opportunities, but also had some that weren't made mm-hmm. to make plays. 33 total tackles, one for a loss, just 13 run stops, 14 quarterback pressures, just two hits and one sack, and no ball production there. So We've already kind of covered it there. Your futures, Josiah Bronson and Jalen Twyman are on the futures contracts, and Justin Zimmer was a reserved uh, injured player at the end of the year. It's a really promising group that has really realized a lot of the potential you saw for these guys when you brought them in. Obviously, Wilkins as a first-round draft pick back in 2019. Sealer added that year from waivers off or off of waivers from Baltimore, and they have just simply taken off together, improving each year. Same with Raekwon Davis, right? 2020, he was he got here after a kind of up-and-down career at Alabama. Started off a little bit slow, but then came on like gangbusters. Uh, and then kind of, it's been up and down. John Jenkins, also here in 2019, left, then came back and got some occasional work from some of those guys we mentioned on the reserve list as well in a few of these games we had this year without all of these guys available. But still, super consistent group. You knew what you were getting week in and week out. And frankly, I think the only business you're in here would be twofold. Well, actually three, um, a backup nose tackle to replace Jenkins if he doesn't resign. But then part two plays into that. Like I wouldn't be at all upset to see them pursue aggressively, you know, a, a nose tackle that can give you what I talked about, more pass rush, more playmaking, more times getting off blocks and helping those linebackers that get stuck on blocks and make the play yourself. You know, those two, three to five technique guys, Christian and Zach, they are exceptional, exceptional players. Chris Greer already mentioned the desire to get Wilkins done. Confident that happens but you might have to live with the fact that you can't pay both he and Zach Sealer. We'll see about that. Sealer has been one of the, the most valuable players for his contract in the NFL the last couple of years. He did hire Drew Rosenhaus, a free agent after this next season. So I think nose tackle and potentially a 2024 Zach Sealer replacement could be what you're looking at this offseason if you want to plan ahead like that. Again, free agency is once again loaded because the 2020 season is, is my take on that. Guys signed short-term deals. It's been getting more and more short-term in the NFL the last few years. Both uh, Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave from the Eagles. The latter is a total monster. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson is that too from the Vikings. David Onyemata would be a guy I would look at if Sealer was up this year to replace him from the Saints. I like his game a lot. Uh, Deron Payne will get paid, but he's an elite player. I wonder how inclined you might be to go after a proven vet at that zero spot. Someone like maybe Linval Joseph, maybe Jonathan Hankins, maybe Mike Pinnell, someone with experience that you know you can plug them in there and they're going to get you production around those two guys next to him that are just really good football players. I've always liked Colin Sanders from uh, Saunders, I should say, from Kansas City, if you're talking more about that long-term replacement. I don't think you go that direction here. I think it'd probably be a draft pick if you went after potentially Zach Sealer's future replacement in the event you don't re-sign him. So those are the guys I mentioned. Uh, those guys I mentioned as nose tackles. But if you want to stack the class here, and again, this is, I just don't think it's right for free agency unless it's a 
veteran nose tackle. But Deron Payne and Javon Hargrave are easily your top of the market guys. That's not happening. Your mid-market guys, to me, are Christian Covington. I think he might be the best fit here. He's played in Brian Staley's defense with the Chargers, which is you know, an offshoot of Vic Fangio's defense. Greg Gaines from the, formerly of the Rams, formerly of the UW Huskies, is a, just a bull in a china shop, plays with power and has good pass rush on that interior position. And my bargain guys are Armin Watts and Colin Saunders, like I mentioned from the Chiefs. In the draft, I think you have to scratch those round, the round two pick off this list entirely. The first place to me, you start thinking about it is those two third round picks you have. And even that might be a little bit too early given the nature of the room relative to your other needs. Like, Okay, never draft for need, but from a roster building perspective, these are the kind of conversations you have. Here's what we need. Here are the resources we have. Here are the options to address those needs with resource allocation uh, appropriately. Draft guys I like, Mozzie Smith from Michigan is arguably the best nose tackle in this class. I'm not sure he makes it to day three, but he's a day one zero tech starter type from Michigan who could push to be your opening day nose tackle if you if you picked him. Carl, Carl Brooks would be that developmental type of guy, a one-gap penetrator from Bowling Green. We'll talk about this guy in the Senior Bowl segment, but Keanu Benton is awesome. He might be the trump card here and that he could be a nose tackle and a potential long-term replacement for, like we mentioned, the three-tech, uh, if financials force you to say goodbye to a good player like that. Um, big fan of his game. Texas has a nose tackle at 345 pounds who makes a bunch of plays. His name is Keandre Coburn. That's somebody to look out for as well. So that's your interior defensive line, your defensive tackles position breakdown. Next, we've got college senior bowl. Uh, not there again this year, which I was. Um, we're not there this year, but we're going to go ahead and talk about the players that caught my eye this fall on the Senior Bowl rosters. We'll talk more about their performance this week in Mobile later when it happens. Um, I watched a little bit of practice on Tuesday. Let's go ahead and get to that next on the Drive Time Podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Senior Bowl practices are underway in Mobile. Just a quick refresher, the Dolphins currently hold the following picks. Their own second-round draft pick, their own third-round draft pick, also the third-rounder of the New England Patriots, thanks in part or in full to the Devontae Parker trade. That's a big dub right there. They also have the sixth-round pick from the Chicago Bears in the Jakeem, Jakeem Grant trade and a seventh-round draft pick. That is their own as well. So five draft picks in total. Three are their own organic selections, two from other teams. 
uh, this draft. Now, it's way too premature to start thinking about those specific spots or positions or anything like that at all. Just wanted to get that out there as I intend to simply let you know that this is purely the players that came across my radar this past fall and the names I wrote down to keep an eye on for this particular week of practices in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, oh man, do I love me some senior bowl practices. The one-on-one drills are so helpful in terms of how guys move against their peers. That natural movement ability, instincts, and the fundamentals and techniques they have now and how much they are in need in terms of seasoning and coaching to get those techniques up to snuff. One of my favorite comments I saw from a coach was, if you're if you're downgrading a player for technique, you're downgrading his coaching, not the player. Which is interesting because you have to apply the technique and you have to master it. So it's kind of give and take. But to me, nothing is more valuable Outside the tape, tape is king, to scouting the draft in Senior Bowl week. It has helped me make more accurate assessments and evaluations every single year. I love it, especially now that they stream it on their website. Let's go ahead and start with the offense, then we'll get to the defense in terms of the names that pop to me this fall. Of course, there are more guys I've got to get familiar with. Example, never once saw Lenore Ryan play a football game, then Kyle Duggar goes to Mobile, balls out, gets on my radar, radar, right, radar, and winds up going round two. Now he's a massive, massive playmaker for the New England Patriots. Quinn Miners at Wisconsin Whitewater. Good example of that as well. Quarterbacks, Hendon Hooker from Tennessee will not participate because he has that torn ACL, but he showed tremendous ability to attack vertically and played the position like you'd expect a six-year senior to play the position where he majored in football. He was a great leader and took that offense to levels it has not ever seen before. Great escapability. Won't get to see him play this week, but he's a name that really pops off the quarterback list because, frankly, it's it's not a good year at the quarterback position here in Mobile. Jake Hayner from Fresno, <laughs> compact release, gets the ball up and out, but he plays the position super well. He knew the offense, which at that level of college football, if you're at that level, like it's going to help you go a long way, but it doesn't really translate to the next level. And then Clayton Toon at Houston, three-year captain, confident pocket passer with good mobility inside the pocket, as well as ability to create with his legs and off script. Not watching this game for the quarterbacks this week. Running backs, Kenny McIntosh from Georgia, big physical runner with a nice complement of moves and space to force missed tackles and shrink that target to allow him to make them miss or run through them. When he really popped to me is uh, the stature combined with the receiving skill set. He's aligned as a pass catcher from the backfield, from the slot out wide. Those things with his speed is a very intriguing blend. Kenny McIntosh, Georgia back. Those guys always seem to pop. Ty J Spears from Tulane. You guys know I love me some home run hitters at running back. Speed, quickness, agility, they all pop. But he pairs it with a very angry running style, kind of like Isaiah Pacheco a little bit, and good vision and contact balance. Go watch the two-lane offense, and it'll take one play to see Spears' skill set on display. Receivers, I also do not like this group at all. I put Jonathan Mingo from Old Miss and Rache Rice from SMU. Mingo is a big body guy, like a potential Parker replacement. He's got run after the catch ability though, and make some acrobatic plays down the field. I do like Rice in how he's one of those guys that has the receiver's mindset. He is that dude. He knew he was the guy at SMU and he carried himself like it. He's an all out brawl for the man across from him every single snap. You better bring your lunch pail and play football with this guy. He's also got exceptional ball skills and he got better every year in college. Tight ends. There's a couple of guys I like here a lot. Payne Durham from Purdue, the definition of the classic inline Y, a well-trained blocker understands pad level leverage creation and angles from different alignments. All things told he is solid in all areas but his run blocking pops above all. And then Luke Musgrave from Oregon State, 
The production didn't come on until this year, but he's got outstanding size paired with good athletic ability, and we really saw that come into its own this past season. You watch his tape and you project his best ball will be ahead of him. The way he moves at 6'6", 250 makes for just another freak in this tight end class. Most of those guys aren't here, but two more guys I like this fall at the tight end position. Along the offensive line, again, told you I watched some senior bowl on Tuesday. Did you guys see Dewan Jones from Ohio State? <laughs> He's six foot eight, like 368 pounds. He was a D1 recruit for both football and basketball, and he was snatch dumping guys every single rep. And that what that means is snatch the inside uh, breastplate and then just put them on the ground, like pull them to the ground. It's not a hold. It's a great technique. And, you know, the basketball fact tells you all you got to know about his athletic ability, but guys just couldn't handle his size in those pass rush drills. He's going to probably be a, a day one pick, though, so probably out of our range. Uh, I cannot wait to watch him more this week. Cody Mock from North Dakota State. Every year, a small school lineman from where it's like negative degrees temperature-wise this time of year shows up and pops off the tape and has some type of tape where he's chugging beers or lifting chopped-down trees in the woods. Again, Quinn Myers pops off in that mindset. Cody Mock is the next guy from North Dakota State. He's got no front teeth. He used to play hockey. <laughs> and he's as tough as you'd think. And this is one of those instances where that sixth-year senior is a good thing because, in my opinion... I think he plugs and plays as a day one starter next year. Easy mover, great balance, and the temperament you want from an offensive lineman. He can play center or guard positions, either one. Might have a need there at the guard position. Uh, I put Ryan Hayes from Michigan, but after watching day one, I don't want him up here anymore. Uh, he just got overwhelmed all day long. Jarrett Patterson from Notre Dame, similar deal with his experience from, from Hayes. I, I wrote that in my notes here. Uh, Hayes is like a four-year starter. So was Patterson at Notre Dame. Center for three years, left guard for one, extremely fluid in the pivot with great knee bend, doesn't get out leveraged, and he wins so frequently with technique, pad level, and leverage. And there's a couple of Notre Dame guys in this game or this week of practices if you ask their coaches about their work on the whiteboard and their leadership and their intelligence, they'll tell you they're one of the smartest players they ever had. That's true for Jarrett Patterson. Osiris Torrance from Florida, probably a round one pick, probably a name you've heard of. Just an absolute bully in the running game. Sturdy anchor and pass pro. He might be the best player in Mobile this entire week. And then Steve Avila from Texas Christian, two-time All-American with pure natural strength and a frame big enough to block out the sun. He often played straight ahead in the Texas uh, Christian gap schemes and just remove people off the football. The last name here, though, if Torrance is not the best player, it might be Tennessee's Darnell Wright. He played both tackle positions with the flexibility and knee bend to handle all those SEC edge rushers, but also the tenacity, size, and power to smack dudes in the mouth in the running game. We'll talk about this on the offensive line preview podcast. I want Mike McGlinchey here next year. That's my preference from the Niners. If you don't get McGlinchey, this might be my next preferred option to start at right tackle in 2023. Let's go ahead and take our last break right here and come back on the other side and do the defensive players that popped on the tape this fall for me at the Senior Bowl in Mobile. That's next. Drive Time Podcast, your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. 
With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Final segment here on an off-season February edition of the Drive Time Podcast. Senior Bowl going on. Uh, lots of coaching news going on around the league. Good times as the Super Bowl is just a couple of, uh, what, 12, 13, 10, 7 days away? I don't know what day it is. Let's go back to the Senior Bowl here. Talk about the defensive lineman in this game. K.J. Henry from Clemson, a former five-star with length in the prototypical 4-3 edge rusher makeup that you look for. He's very good in block deconstruction aspect of a gap control defense that has been institutional there under Coach Venables at Clemson. Something the Dolphins have a lot of experience with, too, with you know Wilkins and Seeler and Ogba. So he's a scheme fit for what we used to do. Is that going to match what we do now? We'll see. We'll find out. Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame. Uh, reading about him, it's back to what I said about Patterson. You hear about his love for football, his character, his leadership. You know, on the tape, you see a guy who's an animal on special teams on top of freaky explosiveness off the edge as a pass rusher. He might be a guy that comes in day one as a core special teamer and sub-package rusher. Very specific skills that I think will translate well, although some team will fall in love with him and, and have higher expectations than that right away. So might go higher than you would hope for in that role. DJ Dale from Alabama, never-ending motor aided by a quick first step out of the blocks. If you want somebody to one-gap and disrupt that way, this is your guy. Ali Gay from LSU. If you want to find someone potentially on day two or three to develop, this is the guy. I'm not sure his production gets him the top 50 picks or even the top 100 picks, but man, he's a freaky athlete with rare quick twitch paired with good size. And you saw that flash occasionally in college, just not as frequently as you'd like for a first round pick. Byron Young from Alabama. I love me some Bama defensive linemen, dude especially interior guys. They just show up and whip you. Like They're so strong. He's a violent physical player uh, when attacking blocks and ball carriers. He also holds up against doubles pretty well. Really good-looking, even-front three-tech prospect for my money. And we mentioned uh, Keanu Benton earlier from Wisconsin. Electric burst, great leverage and pad level. He just lives under dude's pads. 315 pounds and uh, has the length and strength to two-gap, but his quickness for one-gapping is is much more impressive to me. I, I like his game a lot. That's a guy I would look at either in the second round or third round to potentially put into your front if you want to go in that direction. A lot of blue bloods in that group, huh? Let's go back to the linebacker position. Our first guy here is not a blue blood school, but he is a school that I am very familiar with. Dayon Henley from Washington State, the linebacker. Can we do a whole podcast on this guy? I could. The greatest playmaker we had on the defensive side of the football since Jalen Thompson, the current Cardinals safety. Four sacks, a pick, and three forced fumbles last year. He's so, so, so good. So very good. If you get a wild hair, go back and watch the WSU at Wisconsin game when we kicked their butt on the line of scrimmage all game long. Henley was a monster in that game. Explosive hitter with sideline to sideline range and the ability to play backwards in coverage, which obviously is key in today's NFL. He finds his landmarks in zone and comes with a quick trigger out of that back pedal. They often mugged him up and then rushed him or... His speed and range allowed him to mug up and then get vertical backwards down the seam and coverage. He's a big striker, a super athlete, and I hope 
he winds up a Miami Dolphin. We'll see. It's the very low odds, obviously, because one of 32, right? But um, he's a great player, and I'd love to see him continue to play for my favorite teams. Andre Carter, the second from Army. If you guys watched the Army-Navy game, you saw him right away. Ridiculous height, weight, speed, athletic ability. He will show well in Indianapolis. Six foot seven, 270 pounds, and has a slipperiness when pursuing ball carriers and working around blockers, and that's accentuated when teams run wide. Uh, if you remember the Vic Fangio defenses, a guy like Andre Carter would be a, a player that would kind of mold into that role of a big physical guy that can play both forward and backwards. Dorian Williams from Tulane. Draft this guy, plug him into your special teams, and instantly get better at covering all kicks. He was awesome on Tulane's Tulane's teams units. I want to see him more at linebacker, and that's what this week is for. Uh, D. Winters at TCU, sort of the modern-day mold of playing backwards in coverage. Winters can open his hips and run vertically in coverage, which makes sense. He's a former defensive back. He might be a sub-package player and special teamer to start, not unlike Williams before him, because of that position change in a smallish frame, six foot one, 230 pounds. But there's tons of upside there, and he's an unquestioned leader of a great horned frog defense at cornerback Caillou blue from Stanford. How about that name? One of the best pure man cover corners in the draft fits what we used to do. Will he fit what we do now going forward? We'll see. Uh, he takes the ball away and does that by challenging receivers at every step of the route. He wants to press, wants to stay in contact and phase up the stem. And he wants to beat you at the catch point. He's a good looking player uh, in the pac 12. Makai Blackman staying in the Pac-12 from USC. I really like his game. High football IQ and processing and playing the many different coverage of, of defensive coordinator Alex Grinch's defense, who used to be the uh, DC at WSU. You see his feel for the game regardless of what coverage he's in. It can be zone, it can be man, it can be inside, outside. Good ball skills, a striker over hitter, even at 175 pounds. And maybe he is a slot corner at that size, but I think he can do that given his twitch instincts and proclivity for coming up and playing in the running game and the occasional pass rush rep for him. At safety, I think free agency is the better route here this year. Kayvon uh, Merriweather from Iowa just seems like an Iowa player. Like he's, They always have a hammer at safety. This year it was Merriweather. He's a former hooper with athletic ability to prove it. He reminds me of Brandon Jones in the way he comes downhill as a rusher slash run support defender, but in control to make big tackles for short or no gains at all. J.L. Skinner from Boise State. Uh, probably not a lot of Boise State watchers out there on the Drive Time podcast at, uh, landscape. Almost said atmosphere. You don't usually make my list here unless I've seen you play with some sort of reckless abandon at the safety position. I've always preferred animals at that position spot kind of like Javon and Brandon I just love a safety who sees it and goes his motor never quits he's ridiculously physical and the height weight speed you'd like there six foot four 218 pounds he also ran a one uh, 11 second 100 meter dash in high school once upon a time it makes him a buck linebacker candidate in your sub packages Christopher Smith the second from Georgia's our last guy here he's your jack of all trade safety he played the post the box and the nickel at Georgia and the only college defense that can even compete with Georgia's pro concepts and complexities is Nick Saban so you know he's well coached and prepared for what the league has to offer. So there you go. That's your uh, Senior Bowl primer, your preview. Uh, again, wish I was there. I'm not. Hope you're enjoying watching practices. You can stream them online. Uh, I think it's seniorbowl.com. I'm not sure exactly the website URL. We'll check it out here in a second. But they are airing some portions on, on live TV, I believe, this week. I'll come back on Friday and recap the practices, I think. Maybe with a guest. We'll see about that. I'll, just, I'll let you guys know here 
uh, when I know about that. But that's going to be my time on the podcast today. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. You can follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank Pod and the International Podcast in the Network, our YouTube channel for media availabilities and Dolphins Today. And last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up, Caroline and Cameron. Daddy, coming home.